This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 28th, episode 1882, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. And away we go. Does anybody else ever feel cheated on their board bill when they have to pay for 28 days and like you didn't get 31? <laughs> I never thought of that before. I had, was boarding pink and I, I brought her home yesterday and I was like, I just paid board. It was only 28 days. But then I realize my boarders are paying me for 28 days. <laughs> but still, <laughs> it's funny how that works. Get screwed. <laughs> like, I want that extra day a year. That's an extra day of free food for my horse. Come on. But it's also um, it's also a couple of days to make up for all the time their horse has been a pain in the neck and cost you extra time. That's true. That's true. Uh, now, I, I was going to talk about something else, actually, before that jo- jumped into my brain. I got to tell you something really creepy, Glenn, like super creepy. So it's the middle of the night. It's pitch black in my bedroom. I like it completely dark. And all of a sudden I feel this. (sighs) 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 I'm like, well, I open my eyes. Ah! Lucas is like standing over my bed, like standing there staring at me with his eyes open. (laughs) I'm like, I go, oh, I'm like, you know, of course I like scream a little bit. I'm like, what's up, buddy? What's up? And he goes, mom, how many more days until Easter? Is <laughs> he counting eggs like, or what? <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, how many more days until Easter? And I was like, uh, I don't know, 36. And he goes, 36. Okay. And he turns around and he goes back to bed. <laughs> Like, and so I make sure to Chad because Chad, I'm like, is he sleepwalking? He's like, definitely, <laughs> definitely sleepwalking. He was dreaming about the Easter Bunny. <laughs> why? Why would he want to know how many more days until you? Anyway, just thought you would enjoy that weird moment of creepiness in my house. <laughs> you can be lucky though. Did you read about the story of the kid this week uh, of the kid? He was junior high school age who s- actually sleepwalked to his high school, crawled in a window. And ended up falling asleep there, waking up like it totally freaked out that he thought he'd been kidnapped, uh, called the police. Police came and got him. Why the window was open at the school, I don't know. Um, he, he had walked four miles. Oh, my gosh. Isn't That's that every crazy. mother's nightmare? <laughs> it is, because when he was little, he would sleepwalk, and he could reach up and open the doors, and he would, uh, we were always afraid he was going to, because we caught him going out the back door one time. And so now I've got to re- re-remember how I was locking down the house, because I used to have to just put furniture in front of the doors, but now he's like big enough to move that. Oh, gosh, I'm screwed. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for <laughs> no that. No problem. I just thought I'd because let you I know. Because I needed a little more worry. <laughs> 
<laughs> does Jojo do that, Jemmy, or does he like dead to the world? Oh no, he's he, he, good luck waking him up once he's down. I mean, he's out. In fact, he woke up the other morning in the middle of the night, and that that for the first time ever, that alone scared me to death. Just him waking up because that never happened. So luckily for me, no. <laughs> You're one of those mothers that I want to punch in the face. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but hey, 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 hey. On the other side of it, he doesn't also wake himself up to go go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So I'm still dealing with that. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That, well, that part yeah. of it's not fun either. <laughs> we we work on that before bed. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something we oh, all so do. Oh, so do I. This yeah, I know. holds a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> and he evacuates it. 3 a.m. Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we all have our things. Glenn, this makes what me about- so glad I didn't have kids, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Speaking of wetting the bed, Glenn, uh, <laughs> what what exactly is on today's show, <laughs> Jimmy? <laughs> All right, that's a, a very smooth transition. Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> uh, <Madison's> here. <laughs> are you sleepwalking? Are you okay? <laughs> the worst uh, no, transition no, you've yeah. ever done. All right. <laughs> I know. That's why I did it because there made no sense whatsoever. It, no, it didn't. <laughs> and, and you owned it, Jamie. You totally You're right. Owned it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Dr. Madison Seaman shares expertise on EMS and laminitis on the Purina Mills Health segment. Colleen Martin, owner of Lost Fortune Stables, catches us up on the Central Ohio flooding. We'll play last week's Rest of the Scoop. And Jamie reads Chapter 21 of The Opium Equation, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show, as always, today, guys. And speaking of today, today is Car Keys and Small Change Day. And this day (laughs) is really about appreciating the wonder that are your pockets. So, and this horse girl newbie really, really hopes that what I'm about to say is makes sense at all but right, here we go every time you find that convenient spot to stash your tack today take a moment and appreciate your pockets and i'd also like to say happy facebook for anniversary glenn happy for anniversary i know it's our one year friend anniversary. who what Ooh. drunk guy made up that it's pocket day or whatever <laughs> Small change. <laughs> what? What are they? No, that wasn't drunk. That was completely stoned. That was. She com- made that up. I think she <laughs> made that up. I could send you the link. It's a real thing. Are you completely stoned? You are you? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Nope. Just checking. I'm gonna that. All right. Here we go. Well, happy birthday to one of our terrific auditors, Alex Kirsch. It's his birthday today, so happy birthday to Alex. Well, I, I've got um, a pile of people to actually think. This whole horse shopping for a client thing, I seem to be keeping find, keep keep finding horses in California for my client. And so I'd like to thank Kim and Desiree. Kim actually met up with my client last Sunday and looked at a horse with her. Desiree was supposed to go yesterday, uh, but unfortunately it rained a little too much in California, but we're still working on all of that. How can I help you, Lucas? Just... It was the time when the light turned green, but it didn't. And Lucas turn is I, yeah, back. I, I know. Okay, can you can you go see Let's Daddy? Please, see mommy working. 
Go lay down now. now. No toys. Go lay down. <laughs> Is he uh, awake? I don't know what that's Not like green. at all. <laughs> no. Not green yet, buddy. We have a light in his room that's a stoplight, and it's when it turns green, he's allowed to get up and come out. <laughs> I love um, that. And it's like red all night. You are I love I that. I Amazon link immediately. Game oh, my God. I got it on Amazon. Yeah. It's like a little train. It has like a red light, yellow light, and green light. And and, and it's green. It's red all night. And when it 730 hits, it turns Do you do that with Chad, green. too? <laughs> wish <laughs> okay back to my daily winning because i was like the light's not green because if he stays in his bed all night until light turn green he gets a toy we go to the dollar store we stock up it's yeah i bribed the hell out of my kid whatever um anyway so back to my daily winning <laughs> parenting at its finest so it's Parenting I, Wednesday here on Horses in the Morning. What else exactly, would you like to know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, also oh, we can make a great Parenting Bad List Wednesday. <laughs> we'll do that later for sure. We'll do that off the air. Um, so anyway, I wanted to also thank Misty. She sent me some nice messages. I've had a week, uh, and, and you guys know, I, I had some stuff happen this past week that um, I can't talk about on the show, but... I've, I've unfriended. I went through my Facebook page. This is funny. Glenn, you'll love this. I went through my Facebook page and I was like, anybody that I look at their name and I get like an icky feeling, I'm deleting them. I'm not going to be nice. (laughs) I'm like deleting everybody that I really don't like or care about, or gives me like an icky feeling. I deleted like 200 people. That's why I haven't seen any of her posts this week. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know who I deleted? You Like everybody I knew. But all the listeners, I still am friends with. (laughs) So literally my Facebook page is like listeners of the show, auditors, everybody. So anyway, horse people, all horse people. I deleted everybody I went to high school with, anybody I knew through school, anybody I used to work with. It's funny you say that because I looked through mine the other day and and I don't know most of them because there are other podcasters that have whatever. You know, I just don't know most of them. I, I see their names. I have no idea who they are. But one thing I did not see was any of my high school friends from back in the day. I don't know what it is. I just don't have any on my list. Yeah, I I did I did and I got rid of all of them. But uh Misty just sent me a nice message and and she said to me, uh, this is her quote, a lot of things were different 20 years ago. The important thing is the next 20. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, That's girl. True. And that great so happy that she said that to me. That made my day. So anyway, thanks to Kim and Desiree and Misty and all you guys for kind of being super supportive this week. I appreciate it. Plus, the other thing is, I don't remember most of their names. It's been so long for me. It's been a long time. So I don't remember. Well, you're like most 112. I know. So. You know, the one name I do remember is the guy who used to bully me on the bus every day. I remember <gasps> who, what was his, his name? His name was Jack. And, Jack what? Uh, Jack Vallish. And I don't know what he's up to now. I haven't looked him up. I should. I, I don't know if he's in jail or like he's a corporate executive. I don't know which. But I, that's the Vallish. one name I do remember is the guy who bullied me. B-A-L-I-S-H? Yeah. I have no idea what he's up to. I don't see him on Facebook. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember your bully's name? Ah, Gretchen Jennings. See? And her last name is Jennings. I was going to say, is it a relative? No. And she's such a bitch. And I had like three or four bullies because girls are really mean. The other girl, her name was Jamie Levitt. She was such a bitch too. And so her name was Jamie and the other girl's last name is Jennings. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. We all had them though, didn't we? We all had them. 
Gretchen Jennings like made my high school career miserable. So I will never forget her. And she requested me on Facebook like a year ago. And I wanted to be like, well, the bully doesn't remember. They don't remember that they bullied you. Oh, God, I hated her. (laughs) She's probably fat now. This show is off the rails. I, I would ask Jemmy, except I don't. I, well, it's, we're already off the rails, and I don't know. <laughs> it, this happens on Wednesdays, and people seem to like our Wednesday shows. Now, the 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 veterinarian who's coming on next, we probably should um, rein it in before he comes on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jemmy, you can call him now and get him ready. We're going to talk about something horsey and just mundane. Okay. And then it'll seem like we were it'll talking about like, horses this yeah, whole time. Yeah, that's right. It'll seem like we, we had a show that was actually on the rails today. So, you know, one thing we haven't talked about is your baby lately. Oh, my gosh. I heard the Winnie funny. there, but we haven't talked about your baby. What's going on? Baby Zara is learning how to lead now with, uh, I actually, you know, she ran over me not too long ago, a couple months ago. So I was like, I'm not going to teach her to lead till I get through my advanced exams at Monty's because I'm not going to break a foot again before the course, you know, <laughs> but she's doing really good. And then I brought Pink home. Uh, Pink is now, my neighbors across the street moved and they said they're not selling their property. So I get their pasture. Dangerous. So um, Pink is now living next door. And uh, we're going to start. She's going to get checked by the veterinarian today. Going to look at the hoo-ha and see if she's ready to go. And, I, you know, I still have Chili. Bless his heart. Chili, you guys know, he's the old paint horse. He's got the Winnie that Glenn will probably play 47 times because it makes me crazy. Um, Chili is an angel. But he, the problem is he loves mares. He loves mares. And he is, like, half crippled. He is, you know, he's a total mess. He's old, but man, he loves mares. So I'm using him as my teaser again. <laughs> so I take him over there. I'm like, he's like, hello, pink. Uh, so he is um, romancing pink and they now Winnie back and forth across the road. Um, and Glenn, how does that sound like? Uh, uh, I'm sure you'll tell me. Oh, you mean chili winning across yeah. the road? It's he does this now all day. <laughs> There he is. He does that all day long because the mare's next door. (laughs) That's why we always said no mares here because I couldn't teach beginners lessons on him because he was always like, where's the mare? Um, That's how he lives. So anyway, we've got our veterinarian here, our doctor from... Brought to you by Purina Mills. Greatness never ages, so help your senior horses live their best lives. Speaking of chili, he's on this food. Purina Equine Senior Horse Feed. It has Active Age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. To learn more, visit PurinaMills.com backslash Active Age. And we have Dr. Siemens on. And good morning, doctor. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on this morning. Thank you for coming on. Now, we're going to talk to you in a minute a little bit about uh, EMS, equine metabolic syndrome, and laminitis, but I hear that you're an author. Well, uh, you know, when you get to work with horses all day long every day, there's just something about a 1,000-pound animal governed by the three-ounce brain that just lends itself (laughs) to some very interesting stories. I love that analogy. That's great. <laughs> you, you can't make this stuff up, you know. So uh, I've been I've been messing with these things for a living for oh just short of half a century. So I, I do have one or two anecdotes, and uh, 
So over the recent years, I've just been writing stuff down, and recently my wife suggested that I put it in a book, and so we did. All right, I wrote down the timestamp for that quote, and we're going to pull that out, and we'll be using that in the future shows. (laughs) You gave him a new new button. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm full of those. Anyway, the name of the book is, is Never Trust a Sneaky Pony, and other things they did not teach me in veterinary school. <laughs> so the, 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 the second edition will be out in April. You can get it through my website, cornerstoneequine.com, uh, or it, will, it should be on Amazon. So, I saw the first edition when I went over there was sold out. Yep, it is. Well, so we're, probably... we're, we're thankful for that. So it's kind of like, you know who James Harriet was? Yeah. Are you okay. the next James well, Harriet? James Harriet and I went to, went to vet school, but he went to that other vet school, okay? The vet school he went to, all the horses lived and all his patients loved him, okay? The vet school I went to didn't quite work out that way. So <laughs> some of my patients don't survive, and uh, some of my clients are unhappy about it. Um, so I write, I write in, a, in a way that's kind of like Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy meet James Harriet. I got to read so this it's, book. It's, <laughs> It's more real. It's, it's more real. <laughs> so now the and, name and you don't have to have you don't you don't have to have an English accent to to read it. Okay, the name never trust a sneaky pony. Uh, we Jamie and I both own ponies. I own a, a little hackney pony that is a sneaky pony, and she owns several sneaky ponies. So uh, are ponies your least favorite thing to work on? Is that why we have the name oh, of the no, book? No, 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 no. But you tend to be the most devious. <laughs> Not they're, the uh, yeah, they're you know they tend to live forever. Uh, they're 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 kid horses basically because they're small. But you know your average your average ten year old kid in the world is not mean enough to handle your average pony. So <laughs> I, there's a there's a bit of a mismatch there. <laughs> so what uh, do you have a breed or a particular uh, four legged animal that you just when you pull in you go oh. You know, no, I really don't. I've, I've met just outstanding individuals of every breed, and I've also met some some horses. I mean, I love all of my patients, but some of them are a lot easier to like than others. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is you should ask this question because uh, forty years dealing with horsewomen, there's got to be a type of horse chick that you drive up and you're like, oh god. <laughs> so my, it's not the horse. My daddy was a foot was a foot soldier in the second world war. And one of the things that he taught me was never walk into a minefield. So uh, if you think I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> Good lesson, daddy. Good lesson. <laughs> you know, we always say about boarding though, we always say boarding would be the best job in the world. Boarding people's horses. If the people never came out, <laughs> it would be perfect. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it's, People say this is a horse business. Well, no, this is a people business, and the people own horses. And there's a there's a, as much as I love a horse, I've never had one call me on the phone. So there is a <laughs> there is a special psychology that we horse people do tend to have. And and because I am a a, a horse addict, you know, since well, I got a late start. I didn't get my first horse till I was twelve. But uh, there's there's something about us that's just really different. Say we're all adrenaline junkies. I mean, if that were not the case, we wouldn't be interested in standing next to something, you know, that could that could kill us with a blink. Uh, we all want something. We love the idea of being able to control something bigger than we are. And so, I mean, that's just part of the psychology there. But uh, the beauty, the beautiful part about about this profession is that 
that virtually everybody, with extremely few exceptions, really does want to advocate for the horse. And and so it's really it's it's a really interesting paradigm when you start talking about trying to help people help their horses. And and that that's what it's all about. So I, that's that's the fun part of my job is uh is just every, everybody that I know loves horses. I mean, there's no, it's really not a lot of economy here. I mean, people are people are spending their their play money on these things. Nobody's counting on making a living. Very very few people. So it's mm-hmm. it's, in, it's interesting from that from that standpoint. Now, doctor, there is a way to make a million dollars on horses. That just start with ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or, or have a have an oil well in your backyard, you know. Very true. So where are you in the in the world? I know that you finished your you graduated in Texas and 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 studied in Florida a bit, but where are you right now? We're we're in uh southwestern Idaho, a little town called Wilder. Oh, where I... are you from? Because yeah. I feel like there's a southern accent in there. That. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm from Texas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can't get rid of Texas, okay? It sticks no, with No, no, it's pretty much that. You know, but I don't have an accent. You do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love you. Well, we're going to talk just a little bit on EMS and laminitis. This is kind of something that you are, I guess, a bit of an expert on. So talk to us a little bit. What is EMS? Well, I'm, I'm really not an expert on anything. I've been doing this long enough to know. I know how to do a lot of things wrong. I don't know how to do very many things right, but uh, I'm fairly observant and I try not to repeat my mistakes. But uh, it's a good start. You know, we well we we've known about we've known about laminitis and uh, for a long time. I mean, it's it's been studied for oh well over a century. And I think one of the interesting things about being my age is that I've I've been I've I've had the opportunity to see a lot of things come and go. And so our, our understanding of some of these disease processes has, has changed dramatically in the recent 10 or 15 years. And, and, and our, what we've considered our standard of practice working on some of these, these types of diseases, not just EMS, but just horses in general. 20 years ago, what was considered the standard of practice will be considered malpractice now because we, we know, no, no, we don't do it this way. And so things change all the time. And, you know, the, the, the art of medicine hasn't changed, you know, since Adam Lentz, the first abscess on the dinosaur. You know, his, he used his, his eyes, his hands, his nose, his, you know, everything about his intellect to try to figure out what was wrong with his animals. Whereas the science changes every day. There's always a new test or a new drug or a new surgery. But the problem is that, is that sometimes just because something is new doesn't necessarily mean that it's valid. And so our understanding about metabolic syndrome, for example, has gone through several different changes over the recent, oh, 20 years or so. And we used to think that, you know, well, everybody observed that if you, if you had a really fat horse, that, that laminitis and subsequently founder would be a fairly common thing to see. And we used to think that this was because of the weight. And so you've got this morbidly obese horse. It's on these relatively small feet. And so we used to think that that was the problem. Well, we know now that, no, that's, that's probably not it. It may be part of it, but it's probably not it. And so it, they coined this phrase metabolic syndrome, oh, probably 20 years ago. And we've been measuring thyroid hormone, for example, for oh, over 100 years now. And so we used to think that, well, these horses were, were in that classic low thyroid type of profile. So they were, they were obese. Sometimes they were lethargic. 
And so we started measuring thyroid hormone in horses all oh, 40 years ago at this point and found that a lot of these horses had what we would consider normal thyroid hormone. And so now we know there's not just one thyroid hormone. There's a whole bunch of stuff that comes out of that gland that, that, has, uh, that has major physiological effects on horses. So what we know now about the equine metabolic syndrome is that there's just a group of horses that have thrifty genes. They're able to, what the Indians would call, survive the moon when the, when the ponies starve, okay, January. So if a horse has thrifty genes, then they have that ability to store excess fat, okay, excess calories in the form of fat for the leaner months, which is great. I mean, there's, a, there's a, an advantage there for survival. But if you feed those horses, and this is, a, this is a, a subset of a lot of different horses, there's a lot of horses that don't have a problem. But there are certain horses that have this genetic predisposition to store extra fat. That extra fat liberates some vasoactive amines, they're called, hormone-like substances that regulate blood flow. They're called adipokines. And those can be, in excess, can be very, very toxic. And so if in humans, people that are... That are too big, they develop coronary artery disease because they live to be 50 or 60 years old. If a horse lived to be that long, that old, then he would develop that. But they don't. So they develop problems in the blood flow to their feet, and that's where laminitis comes from, and that's where the founder comes from. So it's a very, very complicated process. It sounds like it, but it's, it sounds so complicated yet. It's so common. <laughs> it's a frustrating part of it. I'm sure. It's, but. Quite, it's quite common. And unfortunately, and, and, you know, we go through all these different generations of, of, of ideas about how things happen and how we test for them. And, and you can, you can test all the different hormones that we now we're calling this thing insulin resistance. They're, they're saying that the horse is not diabetic, but he's having problems with insulin and glucose. And so why don't we call it diabetes, you know, right? But absolutely. you can, you can do these, you can do these tests, but there's variations in the test. There's variations in season, time of the year, time of the day, even. So basically if you've got a horse, that has got abnormal fat deposits. Okay. They got the big, thick, crusty neck. They got lots of extra fat deposits around their tail head. We used to call these horses, you know, easy keepers or good doers. Uh, those are the types of horses that are going to have a problem. And so we start, if we can start managing these horses before the lameness occurs, boy, then we can be miles ahead on trying to, to pre- prevent this thing. And there's ways of doing that. And so what are some of those ways then, please? Well, it's a good idea to just, to first off, just recognize that you've got a potential problem. So if you've got a horse that's a real easy keeper, has a thick crest on his neck, the abnormal fat deposits, I mean, you don't need to run, you know, $500 worth of tests on that horse. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just observe the horse. And so what we do is we try to, we try to, to change this horse's diet so that they're getting less, basically, sugar calories. And so we know that, that fat calories are going to be a little safer for a horse and sugar calories are going to be where the problems come from. And so there's, there's ways of limiting caloric intake by changing their diet. So one of the ways is to soak the hay. And so if you'll soak hay so that you'll leach, you can leach almost a third of the sugars out if you'll just soak a flake of hay for eight to 10 hours and then, and then feed it to them wet. You know, uh, mm-hmm. there are several of the, uh, the low carb diets that are out there. Purina, you plugged Purina before we got on the air this morning. Uh, they do make a low carb that's called well salt. And, uh, I have had some pretty good success with getting weight off horses 
with that. And the third aspect of this is going to be, uh, I use thyroid supplementation. Now, we know that levothyroxine is not the end-all. It's not going to fix every horse. But I think that there's enough horses out there that will respond to, I usually start them on about 10 months' worth of, of thyroid hormone supplementation. And the reason that we do this is, is just based on some anecdotal responses. I can't prove that it works. But I think most of us do that. And we don't do it forever. We just do it for about 10 months. And the key here, the thing that we need to understand is that these horses, especially if you've got one that's already in a laminated crisis, uh, he didn't get that way yesterday. You know, this, this will take, it will take you six to 18 months to get this horse back into a more normal body score. And so we, we're, we're not going to be able to just throw some supplement at him and hope that he's going to be better in 90 days. It's not going to happen that way. Right. 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 So it's like uh, when you have a baby and they say nine months on, nine months off. Um, yeah, that's a lie, by the way. The nine months off part is way off. <laughs> but you put the weight on, you got to take nine months, put it on. You got nine months, take it off. Lies. Uh, yep, anyway, yep. Um, but so, yeah, it's a nice, slow process. Well, unfortunately, oh, my gosh, I could talk to you and listen to you for hours, but we have run out of time. Where can people go to find out more or contact you if they have any questions? This is definitely something that so many people deal with. I have a pony on here at my house that we constantly work on. You know, he's a management it's a it's a it's a form of management that you have to practice when you have a pony that is susceptible to stuff like this. So, um, where can people go to find out more? Well, uh, you can contact me through through my Facebook page, which is Cornerstone Equine Serving Idaho's Treasure Valley. Uh, also, uh, my uh, my website is cornerstoneequine.com, Just one e between Cornerstone and Equine, and. Uh, that's, that's why doesn't why does oh my god you live in Idaho's Treasure Valley that just sounds like the prettiest place on earth it's a pretty nice place to be we've got some beautiful places to ride we've got the Hawaii front to ride in which is some of the most beautiful desert country you've ever seen rivals uh, Yosemite and Yellowstone I mean it truly does wow. but it's a closely guarded secret up up until now me and my big mouth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cornerstone Equine. It's cornerstoneequine.com is the website as well. Thank you, Dr. Siemens. It's great having you on. Will you come back? You got to come back. You're so much fun. Hey, you you bet. You bet. Give me a call. I'd love to. All right. Now, when that next book, next book comes out, uh, we, we definitely need to have you back, right? Yep. Uh, no, we'll, we'll talk about that, too. I do appreciate it. All right. Good. It's, the book was called Never Trust a Sneaky Pony if you can find one somewhere. Thank you, Dr. Siemens. Appreciate <laughs> and, it. And, and other things they did not teach me in vet school. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. That should you. be required reading for all vet students. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> all vet students. Thanks, Dr. Siemens. Well, this week's health segment was brought to you by Purina Mills. Greatness never ages. So help your senior horses live their best lives with Purina Equine Senior Horse Feed. It has active age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. To learn more, visit PurinaMills.com backslash active age. That's PurinaMills.com backslash active age. Hey, I did that without messing any of the P words up. Did you notice that? I got through Bragger. it. Um, Horselovers.com is our title sponsor of the day. And I was just over there while Dr. Siemens was talking, and I found out that they have a clearance on bl- on horse blankets right now. How do you say that? Is it horse or horsey? Horse. 
Horse. That's what I'm going with. I have no idea. Let's go with horse. Okay. Uh, with $50 off of each of like 20 different of their blankets, you can find them over there right now. That also, for the Western people in our audience, uh, if you go and you go to the Flash sale right now, they have a Twister Sancho con- canvas cowboy hat. They have those marked down to $12, and they also have uh, belt buckles marked away down as well. So if you're on the western side, uh, you just need to check out the deals of the day every single day. I noticed one of our listeners, we're not going to mention who, uh, may have ordered multiple boxes from Horse Lovers, and to not get in trouble with her new fiancé, we're not mentioning who, uh, she combined all of them into one box so that when he came home, it didn't look like she had placed multiple orders. That's pretty clever. Now, it's the same amount of stuff. (laughs) Honey, honey, why is there a big bonfire outside? (laughs) A lot of cardboard burning out there. Hey, the recycle pile is huge this week. Um, But yeah, horselovers.com. Check it out today. You can also enter to win. Their contest right now is for, for, let me see, Naughty Horse Repair products. So you can register to win that. That's uh, almost like $200 worth. So all you have to do is put in your name and your email address, and you're registered to win that as well. They always have an enter to win. That's good for people. Oh, my gosh. Horselovers.com. And that's lovers with a Z. All right, next up, uh, we last week we were talking about the flooding uh, in the central part of the country in the beginning of this week, too, and Ohio really got hammered, and we saw pictures coming out of there. The racetrack up there in Ohio was completely submerged. They even had closed the casino. Oh, my God, they closed the casino at the racetrack because it was underwater. Uh, and then I heard from some of our listeners. We have a lot of listeners in Ohio. And I heard from Tracy, who said uh, this morning that... One of her dear friends has a barn that has been flooded, and uh, their part, uh, it's the main barn for the Madison County, Ohio 4-H program, and they have a GoFundMe set up right now, and we actually have the owner of that barn right now called Lost Fortune Stables. We have Colleen with us. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. Ah, man, you guys have had a little water. Uh, a little bit, yes. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, it just yes. it, it rained for like a week solid, didn't it? It was just kept raining. It it it, it did, it did, and we had um, over this past weekend, we had a good probably, I don't know, two three inches that came down um, in our location, and it's just not been fun. <laughs> I, I look. I'm looking at pictures here, and it, it you you have a indoor arena type barn, and then stables, and mm-hmm. I mean there's just water throughout the whole thing. Yes, we have a, a main barn with 15 stalls with the arena on it, and then we have a outdoor lean-to type barn with 10 stalls, and those 10 stalls have completely been submerged in water. There are probably four inches of water standing in it. And then the water is seeping up into the outer edges of the the main barn and into the arena. So we're we're in quite a mess. It's have you starting had, to recede a little bit? Have you had flooding here before? Is this like the the what well, they always talk about the one one in a hundred year flood? Is this the one in the hundred year flood for you? I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we've been here about 15 years on this property, and we've been wet before, but never to this extent. You know, it's funny, uh, not funny, Jamie, uh, 
you, you just said to me the other day that she had bought a property in Oklahoma and they had a lot of rain and she sent the real or the builder out there where they're going to build to look at where the flooding was. And it's great mm-hmm. if you can do that ahead of time, it, but you don't always have these 15 year floods to be able to check things like that out. Uh, was this a river? Is there a river, a stream, or what just did it just collect? No, it is all farm fields around us, and how and houses were sitting on 24 acres, and most of the people around us have acreage. And I think we're just so saturated. Um, and we have you know neighbors on either side of us that are a little bit higher in their land, and it's just mainly sitting on us, and we've had quite the mess to deal with. I had to remove 10 of those horses. Luckily, I have another building on the other side of the property that I was able to put temporary stalls in, but that has cost us quite a bit of money. And um, that's my customers went out and had set up the GoFundMe page to help out with the expense of that because it's just um, my savings is pretty much gone at this point. <laughs> and I heard that they, they had, yeah, because we all make so much money in the boarding and training business. Um, right, yeah. right. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I heard that they were even u- using the local fairgrounds for for horses and temporary stalls and just, uh, it, so you're not the only one in that area that's been affected, I assume. No, actually, our neighboring county, Clark County, had uh, someone had had their donkeys and they were swimming in it. So, I mean, it's been pretty bad for us around here. Um, and I don't see it going down anytime soon. They're calling for more rain tonight into tomorrow. So oh, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> No, and you it, on one of our list. Tracy said that you're also a part of the Madison County Ohio 4-H program. That your barn is active with them. I am. We actually run a 4-H club out of our barn. We have upwards of 40 members at this point, and um, they've all they lease our horses and take them to fair and things like that. And uh, we have a good, good, good group of kids that we work with, and. Um, it just kind of delays their progress getting ready for fair season with all of this going on as well. You know, we don't talk about 4-H much, but yet so many of my hosts uh, here at the Horse Radio Network were involved in 4-H. Jennifer, my wife, was involved in 4-H and Pony Club, but she also did 4-H. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about that much here on the show, and I'm not sure why, because a lot of kids do get their start in 4-H in the horse world. They do. Um, I actually did 4-H as a kid, and I was very shy and I think it helped me a lot to progress to what I'm able to do today. And uh, my daughter was in 4-H, and I just thought I would help by, you know, giving back to these kids and teaching them what I know and helping them learn what I learned and give them a good foundation to their life. So it's it's a good program out here in Madison County. It's mainly livestock and uh, horses, and um, people are just really good about helping each other out. Well, we appreciate you doing that, too. You know, we, we, this is a constant conversation we have here at the Horse Radio Network and all our different shows, whether it's dressage or eventing or Western, it doesn't matter, is how do we get more kids involved? And so many of the associations mm-hmm. around the horse world see their numbers dropping because basically their members are aging out or dying, and they don't have the the young people coming up and joining. So it, it's a constant problem, and I think 4-H is a, is a perfect way to keep that interest up. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. It's, uh, you're correct. We show American Saddlebreds and our, a lot of our local shows are dying out and it's just sad to see um, 
because there's a lot of history there. We've had shows that have been running over 150 years that are hurting. And, um, you know, the 4-H kids, I, I've been able to introduce them to the breed through this, and it has helped a lot to promote it that way. Well, I know that you didn't set up this GoFundMe, that it was actually uh, people no. who, who support you and who are involved with you, but I do want to mention it. There is a GoFundMe set up, and if you go to GoFundMe and search for Lost Fortune Stables, and by the way, that's kind of ironic in this situation right now, I'm going to say. <laughs> maybe you ought to consider changing the name uh, at this point. Uh, how about uh, Good magical, Fortune? Magical lottery winning fortunes. Yes! That, yes, that would be nice. That, <laughs> I'm going to say you should change it to Good Fortune Stables. Let's think positive from yeah. now on. Uh, right. I grew up riding at a place called Little Hope Ranch. Oh, my God. And I was like, why would they call it Little Hope Ranch for little kids as I'm an adult? Like, why Little Hope? Maybe it should have been a Little Hope. I don't know. <laughs> We literally had little hope of surviving. That's pretty much how it was. So lost fortune needs to be found fortune. Oh, there you go. That's good, yes, too. Yes. Well, I, we actually have a little uh, word found on the bottom of our sign. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear so, that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, uh, it was my husband's idea. It was a joke, and it just kind of stuck. Oh, he, That's what oh, you get for listening to him. Poor <laughs> husband who named it. Of course it was. Lost yes. fortune. Because yes. I'm going to lose my fortune on this place. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he did it. It's his fault. Blame it on him. We always say that you should never <laughs> name your horse something that is also indicative of what your horses El could Diablo. be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never name your horse something negative. That's mm-hmm. not good. All right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, so it's we'll put a link to it. Uh, Jemmy, if you could put a link to this on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page, too, the GoFundMe. If you go to GoFundMe and search up Lost Fortune Stables, they're going to be the only ones in there. Um, you can find it that way, too, if you would like to donate to help. I know you've lost a lot of different things uh, thanks to this. And, and as you said, none of us are rich in doing what we're doing, so maybe a little help from the community right. would be good. And I know that's not easy to ask for, either. So I know you were kind no, of dragged not, onto the not. show this morning, so <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but we love our listeners out there, it. and we're happy to help support. Thank you, Colleen. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. All thank right. you. Wow. The, you know, when you live, it. I think about this a lot. What your your life is directly dependent upon the weather, no matter where you live. Like yours is heat, right? Ours right. is is rain and wet and hurricanes and things like that. And you live in the central part of the country. They deal with tornadoes, by the way, which I still think is the scariest thing of all weather. Um, and flooding. For that. Yeah, no problem. I thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, and <laughs> so you don't forget to build the shelter. Uh, and flooding and all of that kind of thing. Isn't it true, though, we don't often think about, you hear it on the news, but it doesn't really hit home till you talk to somebody you know who's living in that particular situation. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, or you've been there, you've seen it, or you've been a part of it. You know, when I, I, I did during Hurricane Katrina, the the animal rescue and i now can't even watch like hurricane stuff on uh, without getting sick you know because it, it, it's it's something that has been very real to me and i've been in the middle of it and when you've seen it or you've lived it or you've had somebody live it it is it's it's heartbreaking. It's like P- I get like PTSD with hurricane stuff. Speaking of which, I always wanted to ask Jimmy this. Jimmy, you lived in New Orleans for four years. Were you there pre or post Katrina? 
I was there pre-Katrina. I graduated college in 2001, and Katrina was 2005. How did you feel about all of that when it was happening, having been there and it was so much part of your life? It was, it, it, honestly, even just thinking about it right now, I'm so sick, of, sick to my stomach. There's yeah. a lot of emotion that goes into that on a lot of levels. For me, um, you know, just all the scars and wounds that the whole event as a, as a whole will, broke open. Um, so all of that plays into it. And then, of course, having had lived there and the memories of there. And I didn't just live there. You know, I know you, you told people before, but I was also an EMT while I was in college there. So you know, Charity Hospital was a hospital I went to a lot, and that was the heart of the city. And to see that go away like that was just—it was—it was heartbreaking. It was really devastating. So I—I I, I really do sympathize. Well, the impact you can kind of think it happened. You can find the Lost Fortune GoFundMe page. Um, they are accepting even a dollar, so they just you know, to get some shavings and stuff like that. So anyway, you can find that. We'll post a link to that on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page. Now, Glenn, there is something you guys are doing for stable scoop that is super cool and i'm glad you're gonna play it on our show but we're gonna do that in just a little bit it's called and now you know the rest of the scoop yes and uh, <laughs> actually I, I put a little post i wanted to see how people are liking it. apparently uh everybody's liking it according to facebook they're loving this little section you know what's amazing is on our auditor page this is like this is what people pay like a dollar a month to be a part of or you know five dollars whatever a month to be a part of and it's a, a community on facebook and like if you were to post something hey guys how do you like this on any other page you'd have four thousand people ripping you yes <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i was like like anybody's gonna say something negative no, on this page yeah, but they, Glenn, i mean like, when we ask opinions on something we do sometimes like you know some things we say there's, there's people that post about what we say especially you and i sometimes um and you know oh, you mean like the post already that said thank god i don't have kids yes that, that one, one that just morning. went up i just saw <laughs> pop in there so people do do comment on what we say and it's not necessarily being negative but they do disagree and i knew that if somebody disagreed i'd hear from them but these stories are written in kind of the Mike Rowe style. And uh, we Paul have Harvey. Paul Harvey, Rose Mike Rowe, uh, kind of the rest of the story. And we have two terrific writers, Biz Stam, who, who is an auditor, who's part of our auditor group. And she writes for, for Horse Nation. And then we also have Gail Stewart, who did 100 Horses in History, the book. And Gail is unbelievable writer. And they're both, for them both, a little behind the scenes here, doing this project, they had to write the stories in a different way. Way because it doesn't give away who the person is till the end. You kind of building or, or horse in this case, it's kind of building the suspense to the end about who exactly this was or is. So for a writer, they have to kind of change their thinking about how they write. And for both of them, it's been kind of a challenge. I was talking to Biz yesterday, and she said, I think I'm finally getting this. And when you hear this week's Stable Scoop with Biz's story, by the way, Jennifer clapped when she heard it. She always proofs it. She clapped when she heard it. Biz is truly getting it, and Gail's truly getting it. The style of writing is different. It takes a while to figure this out in your mind, how to do this to build the suspense. So It this takes is, a while to figure out how to listen to it, so I yes, get it. I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah so like, this is one that I thought was relevant to our show. You'll see why uh, in a minute, but this was one we did a couple of weeks ago, and we do these every week on Stable Scoop. It's the first thing. Within a minute, you're, you're into the story. So here we go. This one's called uh, Rosa's Little Black horse 
Rosa's Little Black Horse by Gail Stewart One day in 1909, the Oklahoma town of Chickasha teamed with horse lovers jam-packed together to watch a match race between the big mare, Belle Thompson, and a small two-year-old thoroughbred filly named You See It. It was You See It's first race. She lost barely, but showed the staying power of her distant grandsire, the English Stallion Eclipse. Watching, too, was a horseman named Al Hoots. He traded 80 acres of land for her. He and the trainer Hanley Webb campaigned You See It all over North America. She won enough to support them and the ranch he and his wife, Rosa, owned in Oklahoma. Foolishly in Mexico, though, Al Hoots entered her in a claiming race. Well, she lost that race. And when a man arrived at Hoots' one-horse barn to claim her, Hoots shoot him away at gunpoint. Al, you see it, and her offspring were barred from racing forever. Al was undeterred. He dreamed of breeding, you see it, to a famous thoroughbred stallion and seeing their foal win the Kentucky Derby. How? They'd been disbarred. How to pay for such a big dream? Then, out of the blue, rather, out of the ground, the winds of fortune shifted in their favor. You see, Al's wife Rosa was an Osage Indian, and on Osage land, they discovered oil. Lots of oil. All the tribal members shared in the royalties at that time. So that meant as Al's hopes were rising, some money coming in the door, his health failed. On his deathbed, he made his wife Rosa promise never to sell you see its yet unborn foal, which he just knew would be a cult, and she promised. Rosa, her bank account buoyed by oil royalties, sent you see it to the farm of Black Tony in Kentucky. Al's dream rang true. You see it delivered a colt with a coat of ebony that glistened like the oil gushing from Osage lands. Adding to her joy, the racing commission forgave and forgot, and you see it and her foals were returned to good standing. You see it's colt, not quite 16 hands, debuted at two years old at the Fairgrounds Racecourse in New Orleans. He won that race, plus the important Bashford Manor Stakes at Churchill Downs, and half of his next 18 races. His three-year-old year arrived on May 17, 1924. He and 18 thoroughbreds were set for a battle at Churchill Downs, the 50th Kentucky Derby, the Golden Jubilee Derby. Rose's Black Colt was in the mix to win. With jockey J.D. Mooning on board, he did win, driving, reported one writer, and disposed of the others in the last 70 yards. His time was 2.05. That year, he also won Louisiana, Ohio State, and Chicago derbies, the first horse to win four derbies in four different states. Rosa made history, too, the first woman to breed and own a Kentucky Derby winner. He retired briefly, but when he returned to racing, returning also was a quarter crack in his front left foot. Yet Webb continued to race him. In 1928, Webb entered him in the Salome Purse at the fairgrounds where his career began. In the stretch, a bobble, a cry of horror from the grandstand. His left foreleg had snapped above the ankle, his leg held together by a bandage. His jockey tried to pull him up, but he pushed on and hobbled on three legs across the finish line. He was a finisher. They euthanized him quickly, and he was buried in the infield. The New Orleans item praised his courage, speed, and endurance back in 1924. Only one of those qualities was retained at the close of his career. Courage, and plenty of it.
No gamer racer ever trod the track. He died at age 7, winning 18 of 35 races and more than $110,000. In 1989, he was inducted into the National Museum Racing Hall of Fame. Each spring, Fairgrounds holds a stake race in his honor. The winning jockey, accompanied by members of Rose's family, lays a horseshoe-shaped wreath of silk flowers at his grave marker. 2017 marked the ceremony's 60th year. Rosa recalled, I named it myself after the oil out in our country. It meant a lot to the Osages and to the people of Oklahoma to win it. And the Derby Trophy, treasured by generations of her grandchildren, is engraved with his name. Osage slang for the oil that gave the little black horse's life and his legacy of courage. Black gold. This story was written by Gail Stewart, the author of 100 Horses in History, True Stories of Horses Who Shaped Our World. You can find all of her books, including 100 Horses in History, at www.100horsesinhistory.com. Well, there you go. If you like those kind of stories, then you can find them over at Stable Scoop. We've been doing them since the beginning of the year. You can catch up. They're short. It doesn't take you long to knock out about 10 of them, and, and Gail did a great job with that. Did you know who it was before you got to the end? Oh, Jamie, do we have you? I'm right here. Sorry, my mic was off. Um, I I did know who it was because I am I was just such a fan, and I read the story Black Gold when I was young, and so I, I got it with the quarter crack and, and the year of, like, Brown 1924-ish. So I knew, I, but I still loved it. That was awesome. Yeah. And you do learn something, even if you know the stories of uh, of them. The, you know, they always find the little nuggets you didn't know. So it's kind of cool right. that way. So, yeah, you can find that over at the Stable Scoop show on all of your players or on our app at Stable Scoop. Uh, it seems to be doing pretty well, and people seem to be enjoying that. Well, we now, I, you have a list, right? I do, because I saw this on our auditor's page. Again, we talked about the auditors a little a while ago. And um, this is a kind of entertainment that is over on the auditor's Facebook page. And, you know, I did find out, by the way, that we need to do some sort of like Instagram or something because... Glenn, I found out that this is really sad. Over the weekend, I was a cross-country schooling with some teenagers, and apparently Facebook is for old people. Yeah. Did you know that? Us. Yes, it's for us old people. That is correct. Yep. I did not know I'm devastated. Yeah, Instagram is it. Um, and uh, Jemmy's taking over our Instagram account because she is so young, and she's going to do that for us now. Um, neither of those statements is true. <laughs> 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 so that's a no. All right. Well, this is on the, for the old people, the Facebook page, the, when the horse husband is away, fill in the blank. Now I'm not going to mention the names of these people just in case their horse husband is in the car right now and they're listening to it. Um, but I'll just go over some of the answers. Uh, when the horse husband is away, I wash saddle pads in the washing machine. <sighs> Cursed. God, he, Glenn hates that. I hate oh, that. Hates That's that. one of my biggest pet peeves in the horse world. And I'll know um, because there'll be evidence when I get home. Oh, no. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, one one person says that. Jennifer that left- posted that, wasn't it? It was Jennifer, wasn't it? I'm not telling. Uh, I let the horses eat grass in the yard where he keeps his toys, lawnmowers and bikes, etc. Because he's paranoid about the horses being around him. Now, I um, would also like to say that 
when my horse husband is away, I too let the horses graze in the front yard. It's such nice grass and he takes such good care of it that sometimes they, he needs a little help. Um, but he gets really freaked out because there's like those little sprinklers. Oh yeah. 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 In the grass. <laughs> He's like, don't break those sprinklers. Like you run over with the lawnmower and you bring it. That hey, wasn't my horse. Our, we have a, we're living in a question neighborhood and a lot of these homes are perimeter fenced around the five acres or whatever they are. And there's no fence around the house. So the horse is just, loose it's basically one big yard and they're just loose and they're in around the house and they're on the driveway can you imagine if we allowed scooter he would be in the bushes in the front house he'd be ripping them out by the roots it would be a he'd be in the garage it'd be a mess all the time oh my god zeus would break a window (laughs) yeah he'd be coming in the house Oh, geez. Through the front door. Uh, <laughs> when the horse husband is away, one person says, I finally get to clean his office. <laughs> when the office. horse husband is away, I am in the horse uh, in the barn longer. I ride every night. I wash saddle pads in the house. I stay at the barn as long as I like. I eat. Oh, the girl. This one. Mm-hmm. I eat cereal for dinner or takeout. So I don't have to cook <laughs> or clean up. I'm like, Lucas, it's cereal time. Breakfast for dinner. <laughs> you wrote that one, didn't you? Yes. I did not, but I'm glad that I have my people out there. I always worry when I go away, like I'm leaving today for Wellington, going to be going for like four or five days. I always worry and I always buy Jennifer all this food she can make. And she has cereal every night for dinner. It's always still there when I get home. I know. Yeah. Well, it's because it's so easy. And cereal, cereal is like a balanced meal. They put vitamins in it and stuff. Um <laughs> Once his Lucky the Charms, dog, in Lucky Charms, uh, they do that. No, no, that's not that's not one of them. Don't get that. <laughs> uh, I let the dogs on the couch. Yeah, Ugh. and again, there's going to be evidence when the horse husband gets home. Just saying. Yeah. Um, one person said that I let the dogs in. My husband hates the dogs in the house, and I love that. I, I wouldn't even marry that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as Glory's literally under my feet right now. Stay out in the barn later and then have pizza for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing that pizza really doesn't deliver where I live because <laughs> we'd have a lot more of it. Um, I'm praying to one day live in a place where they deliver pizza. One day. <laughs> like Uber Eats. People have that. There's like, apparently you can like make an order and somebody. Domino's. People have it. that too. But I've never lived in a place where anybody delivered pizza. I'm That's sorry, true. I didn't hear any of that. I was too busy eating my Domino's pizza. What was that complaint? What was that whining? <laughs> and Chinese. I want to get delivered Chinese once in my life. Oh, this egg roll I'm eating right now is so good. <laughs> Shut up. Hashtag life goals. I yes, mean, exactly. Really, some people like really want to hike Mount Everest. <laughs> we just want to get delivery. We want to run a marathon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just, man, just wants him some white rice in a box. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what a little General Toast chicken. Just, uh, um, one person says, and I'm not going to name this person because that would be wrong. Schedule all your horse lover shipments to arrive when your husband is away. God, <laughs> if I could only plan that well. Yeah. I know uh, play with my horses too. as long as I want and eat leftovers. Now, this next person, I can call her name out because I feel like this is me, Mary. Mary, we binge watch Heartland. That's what we do. There's nothing. Don't be ashamed of that. Aren't you guys done with we Heartland just, yet? 
No, because now the newest season is like on TV and I'm recording all of them. Yeah, it comes on like two in the morning. I don't know. But let me just tell you something. At a station in America? Are you getting Canadian broadcast at this point? It's on TV in (laughs) America. I don't know how. I'm not asking questions. I don't, we don't actually, I don't even like to talk about it because I feel like it'll go away. I don't know what happened. I missed a couple. (laughs) We just skipped through them. I don't know what happened. First thing about Fight Club, we don't talk about Fight Club, but I can't believe I'm talking about it. But uh, something happened in the episode recently that I watched, and um, I was like bawling. (laughs) And Chad walks in because he was he was off doing some computer stuff, and I'm like laying in bed and I'm just sobbing. And he's like, I mean, he didn't even see the TV. He just walks in, and I'm laying in bed crying. He goes, Heartland. Like, listen, I don't want to talk about it, okay? I I don't want to talk about it. it, One person says, I wear my barn clothes into the house. Girl, yeah, I mean, just own it. What, you stripped on naked outside? That's that's more for your husband than you. Uh, And then uh, one person said that nothing changes. Literally nothing. Don't care if my husband's home or not. Uh, So I would just like (laughs) to add to these that there is a particular dog in our house that sometimes mostly uh, all the time has a, a fairly pungent odor and I try my best to keep him clean, but he also really loves me. Let me he guess. Loves me Can I guess so much, which one? And he whines at times when Can I'm not petting him. <laughs> sure. It's the one with the flaps. It would have to be a lucky, the basset hound. Ding, ding, ding. So (laughs) Lucky, um, you know, he had like a really hard life before I got him. And I really think that sometimes it's... That doesn't make him any less smelly. You have to do special things for the seniors in your life. And yeah, that same night that Chad walked in and saw me crying two two nights ago to Heartland, he also found Lucky in the bed. And he's like, wait a second. (laughs) I was like, I don't talk about it. I was gone all weekend and he missed me. I was gone for two weeks before that. Like he's just going to stay here for a while. Just not get to happen all night long. Of course, it's like putting a cinder block in your bed. You know, I'm like, and he was under my my feet. So all night long, I was, so it was kind of annoying, but he did stay in the bed all night long and he was very happy. Um, so dogs in the bed and yeah, Heartland. And what else do I do? Husband's. Oh, I have, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it, Jamie. News? I have a breaking news update from Robin Donahue, one of our auditors who has been on her mission to drive from Texas to Michigan, to Highland, Michigan, to pick up her brand new Percheron for her carriage business. And it's been quite a journey because she's been keeping everybody up to date every step of the way. And she just posted, have horse, will travel. And there's a picture of a white Percheron in shipping boots about ready to get in the trailer. Congratulations. Yay, Robin. Good job. Breaking news. Fantastic. I'm so excited for her. Now I just want to see pictures of the horse in the trailer because <laughs> that's a very big horse. <laughs> it is a big horse. It's a big horse with a very big head. Be, All right. That horse will make a great, great carriage horse down in Texas. Cool. Well, um, we have tomorrow for you. Speaking of draft horses, we have the draft horse episode for you tomorrow or the heavy horse episode. Did you know there's a Facebook page called Heavy Horses in the Morning? Yes, it's ours. Um, it's all about the draft horse episode that we do here once so a month. So that's not that's not you making fun of my weight. Like, no, no, <laughs> like, no, it's not like a no. weight. It has nothing problem. to do with you. It has everything to do with Percherons and Belgians. 
and Shires. Okay. Yeah. So you'll you'll be able to tune in for that tomorrow morning. Also, Jennifer said she needs some more ads for really bad ads. So get them into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Put really bad ads in the subject line. If you read them yourself into your phone and record them and send us a sound file, you'll get double the entries for the prizes this month. So we like to hear your voice doing that as well. Jemmy, also, um, we are going to be, we've had many of the people who are on the cruise asking when our episode about the cruise and our stop in Key West, when that's coming out. And that's coming out in the next couple days, right? <laughs> he kids, he kids. I wish it was coming out in the next couple of days. Uh, Glenn, I, there's no way I can get it out before our next, we're going on another trip. I'm, I'm aiming so for So when's it coming week. out? Monday, Tuesday? We'll Somewhere in the next, beginning next week? Monday, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. So beginning Listen, of next if, week. If, if I've learned anything, it is under promise, over deliver. Tell him next Friday. There you go. <laughs> and then he'll be like, wow, you're amazing. By Halloween, Glenn, this episode will be out by Halloween. See? And then you're going to be amazing. Oh, yes. These episodes uh, do we'll require the these episodes do require an extreme amount of editing. So, uh, yeah, I did the one the other day, and there were literally uh, like 80 cuts in it. It was it was crazy to look at in the sound file. So it will be out shortly for all of you anxiously awaiting because you were in the episode traveling with us. It will be out shortly. You'll find it. Thank you, Jemmy. Thank you, J- Jamie. And now we have to do a book, don't we? Yes, we do. All right. What are we at? Where are we at in the book? We're at number 21, chapter 21. And right now she's having a talk with Deputy Giles. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear about the book that we're reading. The Opium Equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Wysocki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher Cool Titles for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawysaki.com. Chapter 21. Before I could spill my guts to Deputy Giles, I had to check on the horses. I'd been absent so much recently and had earlier told John I'd take care of the evening walkthrough tonight, even though it was his night to do that. With the deputy in tow, I opened the barn door to the soft rustling and munching that I associate with horses settling in for the night. If I had my druthers, I'd keep all horses turned out. A horse, after all, is a horse, and it does best in its natural environment. When the weather is warmer, the ground not so slippery, the horses in my barn did spend time outside. In the summer, they were often turned out at night when it was cooler and when the sun wouldn't fade their lustrous coats. But this past week had been so wet that it was too dangerous to turn the horses out. They were show horses, after all. One playful slip in the mud could keep a horse out of competition for a year or more. Tonight, the ten horses in the barn all stuck their heads into the aisle when we entered. All except a striking three-year-old Palomino filly named Tater. Tater was a Western pleasure hopeful that had come into the show world in November. John and I had put about 80 days of training on her, enough to know that neither her gates nor her temperament were suitable for the show ring. Her trot was too choppy, her mentality was more like that of a yearling, and she needed more time than most horses to grow up and become a responsible adult. I tried to tell her owner that before I accepted her, had tried to turn her away. Her owner was a steady client of many years, however, and finally said I'd give her a try. 
I explained all this to Deputy Childs, who looked uncomfortable as he stood in the center of the aisle. I checked on Tater, who was sound asleep, stretched out diagonally in her stall, snoring. All good there. Then I went to each of the stalls to be sure the automatic waterers were working and that none of the horses had managed to cut, bang, or scrape themselves since John fed a few hours ago. You'd be surprised at the damage a horse can do to him or herself, even when there is nothing to get hurt on. Um, is this horse okay? The deputy was standing in front of Sally Blue's stall, and I walked up the aisle to join him. Sally Blue was staring directly at the deputy. She dropped her head on the ground and then pawed. She pawed for about 10 seconds and then repeated the process of staring, then pawing. It was a much stronger, firmer paw than horses usually use to move bedding around before they lie down. But I explained this is what she was most likely doing. I pulled a stethoscope from my equine first aid kit and listened to Sally's stomach. The absence of typical stomach sounds, especially when combined with dull eyes and sweating, could mean colic. Horses are not able to throw up, so when they get a tummy ache, it can be a serious thing. But Sally's eyes were bright, her coat was dry, and her stomach was gurgling as strongly as a babbling brook. She was fine, physically anyway. I did give Sally a curious glance over my shoulder as we exited the barn, though. Hank met us at the door to the house with the stick he had been carrying around for several days. I had quite a difficult time explaining to Hank that if he wanted to come in, the stick had to stay out. In the end, he stayed out with the stick, but soon set up such a howling and moaning that I gave up and let both of them in. I don't think I've ever heard such a big howl on a little dog, said the deputy. That's why I named him Hank, after the country singer Hank Williams. They both have that country moan in their howls. Maybe I should be see about getting Hank an agent. The deputy shook his, head, shook his head, not even bothered to reply. But there was a quirk at the end of one side of his mouth that led me to believe he was trying to hide a smile. I gathered cups, saucers, and spoons, a procedure I'd been doing often lately. I was beginning to feel like Miss Susie Homemaker. Now, there was a frightening thought. We settled at the kitchen table with my third dose of hot chocolate for the evening. I wanted to add a large splash of coffee-flavored brandy to mine, but I thought I'd better not tempt the deputy with such a delicacy while he was on duty. I didn't know where to begin, so for lack of anything else, I pulled Glenda's notebook from my pocket and placed it on the table between us. Then I told him everything from more details from the scene, from the writing class to Sally blue, finding the notebook in my pocket, to the strange meeting with Opal Dupree, Carol's find at the library and the encounter with frog and Darcy's investigation on the internet. As my grandma used to say, letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than putting it back in. I tried not to squirm as the deputy scowled at me, but I couldn't quite pull it off. Guess he'd be having second thoughts about introducing me to his brother. You mean to tell me that a horse, a horse right there out of the barn was staring at me just now is responsible for finding this notebook? I nodded. Now, how in the hell am I supposed to tell Sheriff Burns that I need to question a horse? Tell me that, huh? Tell me just how am I supposed to go about doing that? That really wasn't an answer to his question, so I just shook my head and bit my lip. Whether it was trying to keep from laughing or crying, I couldn't honestly tell you. Well, he said after a long period of silence. I can tell you right now, I'd like to take your silly ass and throw it in the lockup for your own protection, if nothing else. Why on earth didn't you tell me all this earlier, especially the part about the notebook? Deputy Giles looked unhappier by the minute. I've also been wondering when you were going to clue me in on your version of the details of the big barn fight. Do you have any idea, any idea at all what Burns will say when I tell him you were trying to stop the deceased from slandering you, and now you've got her private notebook? He gave me another very dark look, which I did my level best to ignore. And then there's the kid, Bubba Henley. You know, you saw him last week and where? You know all of this. Why you? That's what Burns will say. Why don't you know stuff no one else seems to know? 
Give me a break. My Irish temper was rising again, and I made no attempt to stop it. In all fairness, I learned about Bubba's noon stroll through the fence just this evening, and believe me, I wasn't in a position to drop everything and say, I gotta go call the cops about this. Secondly, yes, a horse did find the notebook in my pocket yesterday morning, but just this morning remembered I had it, so it's not like I'd sat on this information forever. And thirdly, don't tell Sheriff Big Jim squat about me right now. Just tell him you heard rumors from reliable sources. And he had very reliable sources. Deputy Giles had talked to Robert Griggs today and pulled Darcy out of class. John mentioned that he had talked with the deputy too and bet my spare tire that he talked to Carol as well. With the possibility, exception, the possible exception of Robert, these sources were as reliable as any I could think of. Nothing says you have to tell Burns anything I told you. And the fact that you now have the notebook should be enough. Lastly, deputy, I didn't have to tell you any of this. And if I'd had one iota of common sense, I wouldn't have. I don't need to tell you. I don't need you to yell at me. This day has been rough enough already. As quickly as it had ridden, risen, my anger subsided, washed away in a sea of mixed emotions. Besides, I added, even if I happen to be a suspect in Burns' minds, and I realize I am, this case is going to look at quite a few people before it's all said and done, isn't it? Another thing my grandma used to say was, never miss a good chance to shut up. This is my chance. I spent a full minute fighting the fidgets before the deputy began to nod his head slowly. So, I continued cautiously, with all the new information I just gave you, Burns will have enough to turn his attention to other people and maybe solve this case correctly. He nodded. Maybe. We talked with your students today. And... Can't rule anyone out, but that Griggs, he's kind of cold. There's something there. I don't know if he has to do with the lady, but there's something. What about Carol? Observant, good memory, pleasant. Don't know. He didn't bring up Darcy, and I didn't have the courage to ask. Surely she didn't have anything to do with this. Deputy Giles swirled his chocolate. Ms. Cat, I appreciate the info. Truly, I do, but you've got to realize it's your duty as a citizen of this fine county to turn this stuff over to us. you got to keep me more informed. See, the time Frog saw Bubba confirms what we already expected and helps pinpoint the time of the murder. And, he added, rubbing a big hand over his face, in all fairness, I do have to tell Burns about all this. It was my turn to frown. And I will tell him just as soon as he gets back from that police convention up in St. Louis. I stared and felt a wave of shaky relief wash over me. Burns left town about noon just after he finished chewing my ass for not hauling your ass in. He won't be back until Saturday. And then what? What happens on Saturday? I'll tell him I've had you under surveillance. He likes that because he likes to use those big, long words. He thinks no one else in the county can understand him like we're talking code or something. Beyond that, well, hopefully some will come up to light before then. I then asked the deputy something I've been thinking too much in the past 24 hours. Tell me the truth, deputy. Do I need a lawyer? His eyes were solid on mine for a few seconds before he said, It wouldn't hurt to have one in mind, but in the meantime... The deputy pulled out a sheaf of papers, my statement. I looked it over, noticed, and ignored the omission about the scene at the barn, signed it, and pushed it back across the table. That out of the way, he said. I need to tell you that the medical examiner is finished with the body. Funeral's tomorrow at noon. Tomorrow? Family wanted it over and done with. Miss Dupree, Miss Opal, that is, muddled as she is, still has a lot of pull out here. He headed for the door, notebook in hand. Uh, deputy Martin, you don't think I killed her, do you? He turned his beefy hand once again, rubbed his face. No, Miss Cat, I don't. No rhyme, no reason for it, but a man's got to trust what his gut tells him. I told you before, and I'll tell you now, I don't believe you had anything to do with it. He sighed, but that don't mean I can convince Burns of it. He's looking for conviction, and that election's coming up quicker every day. 
Wish me loads of luck. That's all I can say because you're going to need every bit of it. I wished him luck in persuading the sheriff, but as I watched his taillight disappear up River Road, I didn't feel much luck surrounding either Deputy Giles or me. Gruff, said Hank, the stick still in his mouth. Yes, Hank, I said absently, giving him a pat on the head. That's exactly my thought, too. 